Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Hart's Miss Deal, written by Elsa Barker. Romance, gunplay, and lovers at odds spice this classic Western. When Lucy McAdam accepted a job at a Western ranch, she never expected parties, men's in suits, and suitors of all kinds. But most of all, she didn't expect to fall in love with anyone like Walt Carmack, the gambling, hard-drinking son of the biggest ranch owner around. Walt was a hard worker, too, from sunup to sundown every day of the week. That was how he had broken his leg and ended up on crutches. But Walt liked to relax with a game of cards and a bottle of whiskey every Saturday night at the local saloon, until he met Lucy and lost his heart. He promised her he would never touch a drop again, and kept his word. Then someone she trusted told Lucy otherwise, that he had gone back to both. But when she learned about his bank balance, Lucy was certain Walt Carmack had lied to her. Was Walt, the seemingly carefree young cowboy with the gambling instinct, really irresponsible? Had the gambler dealt her a lucky hand in love? Or was she the victim of a deliberate misdeal of the heart? Lucy McAdam felt she had to know before she could dare to let her heart be won by a man of this strange, new, and exciting country. Walt was hurt when Lucy implied he was a liar. But with one ranch hand murdered, his grandfather murdered, and someone unknown trying to pull off the greatest land swindle in the state's history, Walt knew he had no time to straighten out matters of the heart. Instead, he had to determine the identity of the scoundrel behind the land steal, and then, even on crutches, face the man down, six-shooter to six-shooter. Lucy had no idea that Walt was riding into a gun battle no man could win, or she might have played her cards differently and told him how much he really meant to her. She didn't dream that she had actually been the victim of a misdeal, but the man who was cheating her at love wasn't Walt. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Hart's Misdeal. Chapter 1 To most folks, it would have seemed funny that a man like Walt Carmack should be digging post holes any time much less out in the blistering heat of the mid-June sun. Walt was the grandson of old Lucky Jim Sanderson, who owned the Lucky Diamond Ranch, and he and his semi-invalid mother were the only relatives the old man had left. The Lucky Diamond was a fair-sized outfit, with work to keep from eight to ten punchers busy most of the time. Walt didn't mind digging post holes, but he was getting tired of being shoved off onto every dirty, menial task there was to do on the ranch. He could have done something about it if he had been cut from a different piece of goods. He could have gone squawking to his grandfather, or he could have flatly refused to do the work assigned to him. Instead, he had tried to be fair-minded about it. In a way, he could understand how Ford Harrell, the foreman, felt about him. Ford had worked for Lucky Jim for thirty years. For the past twenty, he had been foreman of the Lucky Diamond. But ever since Walt and his mother had come back to the ranch to live, after the death of Walt's father, two years before, 
He had been scared stiff that he was going to be put out to grass, and the young heir to the ranch given the job he loved. Walt shoved his hat back, wiped dripping sweat from his forehead, and took a generous swig of water from the canteen on his saddle. He squinted approvingly down the straight line of new cedar posts he had set. There was a certain satisfaction in doing a good day's work, even when he knew he'd never get any credit for it. He paced off the distance for the next post, lined it up with his eye, and jammed the post hole digger into the ground for a generous bite of earth. From around the curve of the little rocky rise on his right came the sound of horses' hoofs and the metallic rasp of buggy wheels scraping on rock. The buggy was a brand-new spick-and-span affair, its red wheels still shiny from factory paint, and drawn by a quick-stepping, high-headed black horse. Riding alongside at a slow-jogging trot was the lucky diamond foreman on the high-hipped, bony gray that was his favorite mount. The thick-shouldered man on the buggy seat was immaculate, his English riding boots as shiny as if he, too, had just been turned out of a factory. Gene Chipman, the banker from Cosecha, was in a way a man of mystery. Even the folks who lived in Cosecha, and thought it the finest town in the world, were aware that it was odd a man of Chipman's wealth and sophistication should settle down and open a bank in this sleepy little town thirty miles from a railroad. He had been there three years now, and because he never talked about his past, there had been many wild rumors about him. But after the first year, the gossip had mostly been kindly, for the banker had a way with him, even when he went about the unpleasant business of foreclosing mortgages and calling in loans, he seemed anxious to make it as painless as possible. They pulled up alongside the fence, and Walt saw Ford Harrell's practiced eye squint down the line of new posts. When he turned back to the cowboy, there was grudging approval in his hard eyes. Chipman grinned at the cowboy. Ford certainly doesn't know much about diplomacy, does he? Doesn't he know he ought to butter up the old man's grandson? Why don't you find this boy a nice, soft job closer to home, Ford? He sounded as if he meant it as a joke, but it was the wrong thing to say. Ford Harrell's stocky body stiffened. His voice had the rasp of pent-up irritation in it. As long as I'm ramrodding this ranch, there'll be no soft jobs for anyone. Walt can take my orders, or one of us'll get off the ranch. It was the same challenge Walt Carmack had had flung at him nearly every day for two years. He was tired of it. But in a way, he was on the spot. He knew how much Lucky Jim thought of his foreman. He knew how faithfully Ford Harrell had served Lucky Jim for years, and he didn't like the idea of busting up a friendship like that. Anyhow, he didn't figure he was much of a man if he couldn't stand a little heckling for the peace of mind of his frail mother and old grandfather. He looked Ford Harrell in the eye and grinned a little. You ain't heard me complaining, have you? He asked easily. Harold's answer to that was a grunt. Mr. Chipman wanted to drive up to the Mesa Road, and I thought maybe you could tell him whether it's passable since the May rains. 
Walt eyed the slim-legged horse, the bright new buggy wheels. It's mighty rough and steep. Passable? Maybe, if you don't mind taking the chance of breaking a wheel, and your horse ain't spooky. Maybe I better give up on the idea. I wish I could ride horseback. I hurt my back when I was a kid, and I have to be mighty careful. Chipman smiled apologetically. I'm going to have to close a loan to old man Eastman. He's got a little piece of land up beyond Cerro Pekin. Thought I'd take a look at it, and if it appealed to me, I'd take it and call the deal square. Walt looked at him curiously. In his experience, bankers didn't usually discuss the details of their business with casual acquaintances. You've been buying up quite a few pieces around here lately, ain't you? He asked idly. What you want it for? Going into the ranching business? Chipman laughed and shrugged. No, damned if I know what I want it for. I just like the feeling of being a landowner, I guess. Anyhow, land's about as solid a thing as a man can put his money into these days. Ford Harrell gave him an amused, slightly sour look. Well, in case you do go into the cow-raising business, maybe you'd like to come along with me and Walt and learn how to pull porcupine quills out of a bull's nose. Chipman laughed again. Sure, I always did like to watch a rodeo. Harold turned to Walt. It's that new bull of Lucky Jim's. He's just around the hill. We'll round up a little bunch of cattle and shove them with him down to the corral at the Ojo Feliz. Why bother to run him in a corral? We can handle him where he is. That gray of yours'll hold an elephant, and my bay ain't no featherweight. The foreman's heavy gray brows met in a scowl. No, he disagreed from habit. We'll. Walt brought a coin from his pocket. I'd sure like to get the rest of them posts set, and it's a long way over to the corral, he said amiably. I'll flip you for it. Heads we rope him where he is, tails we take him to the corral. The banker chuckled. Be a sport, Ford. Why, gosh, man, if you can handle a rope anything like Walt here, you won't have any trouble. When it was put like that, there wasn't much the foreman could do but give in. He was proud of his roping skill and resented the implication that any squirt no more than ten years out of knee pants could outclass him. Walt tossed the coin. Both men bent over it. Looks like I win, Walt said, picking up the nickel and pocketing it. Ford Harrell nodded. He looked out of temper, but he didn't try to welch on his bargain. The bull was a big one, and the quills had been in his nose long enough to put him in an ugly mood. He came around the hill bellowing death and destruction at anything that might be in his way, pawing the ground every few steps. I'll take his head, Ford Harrell said quietly. Walt nodded. Whatever else his faults, Harrell was not a man to shirk his share of a dangerous job. He was the kind of hand Walt liked to work with. The bull made no effort to get out of the way. Twelve feet away, Harrell's loop snaked out and landed neatly over big horns. Like the smart cowpony he was, Harrell's gray tightened the rope. The bull stood stock still for a moment, 
Then, with an angry rumble deep in his throat, he lowered his great head and came straight for the gray. Instantly, Walt dabbed a loop on one hind foot. Both horses, working like a team, jumped to tighten the ropes, and nearly a ton of bull meat flopped to the ground, bellowing impotent rage. Grinning a little, because to him work like this was always fun, Walt Carmack swung down from his saddle, an extra lass rope over his arm. With one hand on the tight rope, he ran toward the helpless bull. Halfway there, he heard the sudden, spine-chilling whirr of a rattler. One jump carried him a good six feet forward, and in the same second, he felt the rope in his hand go slack as his horse spooked at the deadly noise. Ford Harrell, likewise off his horse, saw what had happened and turned for his horse. Skittishly, the gray shied sideways. Now the bull was on his feet. He kicked twice, and the loosened rope slipped off his hoof. He stood still for a moment, swinging his head from the gray to the bay and back again, as if trying to make up his mind which enemy to tackle first. Just as Harold's boot reached for the stirrup, the bull charged. The gray reared and backed away, and the foreman stumbled and fell to the ground. One of the horse's flashing front hoofs struck him as the animal lunged sharply backward, trying to remain true to his training and keep the rope taut. Harold groaned and lay still. Walt cast a quick, desperate look about him. The bull was a valuable animal, and he didn't want to kill him unless necessary. If he wasn't already fatally injured, Harold was comparatively safe as long as he lay flat on the ground. The bay was edging away with the high-headed, wise look of a horse that doesn't aim to be caught if he can help it. Walt swore at him, made a grab for the trailing rope, and missed. Then, as the bull made another charge at the now panic-stricken gray, Walt sprinted after him, twirling the extra lariat. He jerked the loop over a hind foot again and dug in his boot heels. His weight slowed the bull some, but didn't anywhere near stop him. Walt was yanked roughly forward. Desperately, he caught the rope around his bent left elbow for a more secure grip and yanked out his six-gun with his right. The rope twisted tight, and there was a bruising pain in his left arm as he squeezed the trigger. As the rope jerked him down, his forehead hit a rock, and the world went black. Ford Harrell groaned and sat up slowly. Gene Chipman jumped down out of the buggy and ran to his side. Hurt bad, Ford? The old cowman's lips were twisted back from his teeth with the effort not to groan again. He shook his head dazedly. I reckon not, he managed to say slowly. Feels like my ribs. Where's Walt? Lying over there. Looks like he might be dead. We better see. He rolled to his knees, then with the banker's help, got painfully to his feet. Together they turned the cowboy over on his back. There was an ugly, bleeding bruise on his forehead, and one arm was twisted at a grotesque angle, away from his body. Ford Harrell stooped to lay an ear against his chest. Heart's still beating. Good thing we got a buggy here. It ain't very easy on a hurt man to pack him in on a horse. 
He rubbed his hand slowly over his own forehead, as if still dazed from the pain. You reckon you can catch my gray for me, Jean? The banker gave him a funny look. He pulled a pint flask of whiskey from his hip pocket. Take a swig of this, he said quietly. Then turn around and look. Harold looked before he took the drink. Twenty feet away lay the huge, motionless hulk of the shot bull. Still quivering with fright, a hornrake dripping blood from his shoulder, the gray still held the rope to the bull's head, taut. Pride came into Ford Harrell's gray eyes. Damn good horse, he said, and tipped the bottle to his lips. Walt Carmack was a big man, six foot one in his stocking feet, big-boned and heavy-muscled. Lifting his inert weight into the buggy was no easy chore, with Ford Harrell panting with pain at every movement. But finally it was done. Chipman looked at the foreman's gray, drawn face. You ride in the buggy, he offered, and I'll bring the gray. Ford Harrell shook his head slowly. Lucky Jim would think I was getting old and soft, he said, trying to joke. I've ridden a horse when I was hurt a heap worse than this. Chipman brought a coin out of his shirt pocket. Look, he said softly, his black eyes sober. I don't like to tell tales out of school, but I found this in the grass over there where Walt fell. Maybe you ought to see it. Harold took the coin and turned it over in his hand. It was like an ordinary nickel, except there was an Indian head on both sides. Slowly, the old foreman's gnarled knuckles clenched tight around it, and for a moment, as he looked up at the unconscious cowboy in the buggy, his eyes were murderous. But when he turned again to the banker, he was the cold-eyed, hard-tongued foreman who kept punchers on the lucky diamond strictly in line. Thanks, Jean. I'll settle with Walt for this later. You forget it. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Hearts Miss Deal. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.